Welcome to the Honest EP podcast. We are the podcast for health professionals and the wider community looking to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some hard questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches. And joining me as always is Allied Health business owner, Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> Very well. I'm glad no one heard the part that I just edited out <laughs> where I had a lisp for about 30 <laughs> seconds and couldn't speak. I swear to God, that is the first time I've ever not done that on go one, as far as I can remember. So I'm glad that I got that out of my way and we're here and we're good and we're recording. And we've got some beers. We have some beers. So these aren't any beers. These yeah. beers, which you may have seen on our story, <laughs> uh, you may have seen on our Instagram story on the Honest EP, uh, came from an EP based in Victoria from a place called Simply Stronger. Her name is Sarah Woodroff, um, and she sent us four beers, very, very kindly. Sent us four beers. What a legend. So thank you very, very much for being the first person to ever send us beers. And where, where, sorry, where did you say that Simply she's from? Stronger. Simply Stronger is an EP clinic um, in Victoria. Great place to work. Great place to work is what I've heard. Yep. I do follow their Instagram now. They do some fun things, awesome. like come up with uh, an exercise session using just one piece of equipment in the gym. Um, it was funny. It was good. I enjoyed watching it. So it was great. So give them a follow. And, and thank you very much to the team there for sending us beers. So we're going to try a couple of them. This first one I'm a little nervous about. <laughs> what does it say on the front of that? Uh... So it's from a place called Molly Rose Brewing Co. It's called The Crowd Goes Mild. It's a dark mild. So it's only 3.8% alcohol. But it's got a big pink sticker on it saying Nitro Beer. Shake pour hard, enjoy. And we're sitting in... We're sitting in our dietitian's room in our, in our work clothes. <laughs> so I've got my nice Lululemon golf pants on and I'm being told by this can to shake it. Um, so we've got two glasses ready to go. It's in a tinny, but I've been told that you can't drink this one out of the can. You have to pour it like you'd pour a Guinness. Mm. But now I'm in... Well, I have to, I have to shake you it. You have to right? shake it. You which, do have to shake it. Which goes against everything drinking beer has ever told me. Shaking it. So, <laughs> do, do you want to video this? One while I will I video it? this, and <laughs> if it all goes to shit, we can put it on the. Uh, all right. Okay. On the, the thing. All right. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm gonna shake this now. All right. Here we go. I'm shaking it. Oh, okay. I'm shaking it. I'm shaking it. All right. And I'm gonna open it. <laughs> it is opened. It is pouring. Oh. It is pouring. It is pouring. It is pouring. It is frothy. I feel like I've done that wrong. It's very frothy. Well, mine looks great. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's supposed to look. <laughs> Yours looks like just That's that. My... <laughs> well, this is definitely my fault, but I assume it is also like a Guinness where it will... Um, it pours quite frothy, but then the froth disappears and, and, uh, then you can drink it, mm. but we're, there we go. go. Oh, we're away. There you go. We're away. We've got some beers. Oh dear. Only one drop was sustained. On the ground. On the ground and on my leg. <laughs> uh, cheers. I cheers. Guess. Yeah. Yep. I won't okay. ding you, but, um, let's, let's give a go. It's oh, not good. I've got a mouthful of froth. Yeah, did you get any beer in that? <laughs> mine, so mine doesn't actually taste a whole lot like beer, if I'm honest. 
What it, does it taste like? It tastes fruity. Almost like a... Oh, shit. Almost like a juice of some sort. Um, like a punch. Mm. Oh, not a punch. Fuck, we're not very good at describing tastes, are we? Um, uh, the, the, the label. The label. says... Um, a fine English ale, uh, fruity, biscuity, nutty, and delightfully sessionable. Yeah, right. Biscuity. Okay. Biscuity. I don't know if I tasted biscuits. I definitely tasted fruity. Mm. Um, I c- it's, it's not bad. It tastes mm. enjoyable. It's mm. almost like... Do you remember drinking Guinness mm. with yep. Alan? Have you drunk Guinness since then? Oh, you no, can, no, not since then. Haven't. But I, okay. I, 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 it almost tastes like Guinness, but way more mild mm. to me. Like I'm getting those same flavors from this, but way more mild, mm. which I don't mind. No, no. It's very good. enjoyable. So we are talking about <laughs> AI today. Um, I know you've done some upskilling recently in artificial intelligence. Um, and so I might kick this conversation off today with a question to you. How are you using AI in your work today? And today is September in 2023. Like what is... What does AI look like? Do you use it? Let's start there. Not much. Not much. But over the last kind of two to three months, I would say that I've become more and more interested in it and the potential for, for what it could be. And part of this is seeing more and more stuff that is looking at the, the biggest businesses in the world, not healthcare, but just the biggest companies in the world and them changing the way that they structure their team, their, their business uh, and changing the way that they market and do things to incorporate AI. And I feel like if the biggest companies in the world are doing it, then they're, they're probably onto something. They're normally doing something that is in the... Uh, in, in, the, in the business of growing mm. and scaling. So if they're doing it, then how can we use it? And so then I've done some, some looking into, some listening to other people talk um, and just trialing of myself. Nothing on a big scale at all. Uh, more so just kind of messing around with it because I find it fascinating. And I love to think about how this could change what we do and how we do it. And what kind of impact could that have on our careers? Uh, I find it like a super, super interesting topic. I know uh, I've talked to a lot of people about this. And there seems to be a couple camps. One camp is I don't want to know about it at all. I, I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to bury my head in the sand, uh, which is fine. That's people's choice to do that. You get another camp of people who go... I, I can kind of see what's happening, but I'm very scared of it. And so I don't want to look into it because it scares me. Uh, and then you get a third group of people who are really curious. And I'm, and I'm falling into that curious point where I was, in the, I was in the camp where I was probably more worried, fearful of going, oh shit, like what data and, and what information is 
AI taking from me or recording. Mm. And I've moved more into the curious camp where now I want to know how it can help me and how I can utilize it in, in healthcare uh, with my team uh, and with business and, and, and life in general. Because I feel like it's that, that next big step, that next big thing that, you know, it was the tractor, then it was the, the factory line, then it was the internet. And, and now I feel like AI has the potential to be that next thing. Or it is, it is, it really is that next thing that could revolutionize the way that we do things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in business and in, in your job, I feel like you either take on board things and you adapt with the, with the changing software and the changing technology or you get left behind. And it was someone that I listened to talk about it. His name's Kerwin Ray. He's a, like a business growth and scaling bloke from Australia. Um, and the way he talked about it was the companies that, or the, the, the farms that didn't take on board the tractor then became obsolete or were bought out by the companies that did adopt using the tractor. The same with factories and then the same with the internet. Uh, and I feel like it's going the same way with AI as well, where uh, maybe not so in our small business, private practice healthcare area, but on a larger scale, the, the businesses where it is really important to utilize it that do pick it up are going to scale and grow like crazy. And the ones that don't are going to fall behind and be playing catch up. And in healthcare, I, I don't want to be the person or the team or the company that falls behind. I want to take advantage of maybe this is something we can use just like I would with any new research, any new equipment, any new approach to, to helping people. Um, I want to know what uh, AI can do for me. So that was a bit of a ramble there. Mm. Um, in saying that, haven't really used it for much, yes, but I've had a lot of thinking time about the possibilities of what it could be. And I feel like what we want to talk about today is less about the solutions and less about the this is how you should use it. Because I don't think there are really those answers yet for us. I want to talk more about, well, we want to talk more about uh, the questions about what could it do and pose some questions and have, have a conversation about what, how could this change things? Because I don't think there is really a full answer yet. Mm-hmm. I'll put that question back to you. Are you using it? Yes. How? I'll give a few different examples. Um, one, I just started doing this morning. Um, I was looking at our Facebook ads. And I, as, as a business coach, you know, you kind of are able to see, you know, what other businesses are doing, like what you would consider good or, you know, benchmark statistics that you should be aiming for. But what I did was I basically copy and pasted our results from our Facebook ads into ChatGPT for last month. I got it to analyze it and then I got it to benchmark it across different um, industries. So not only healthcare, but many other so industries. So that information. Yeah, wow. Yep. 
and then an, an analysis of the results. Mm. So, you know, it, it talked about, you know, specific specific data points and what you could do to improve those data points in mm. the future in comparison to some benchmarks that you'd had access to. How would you have done that previously to today? Well, you probably would have outsourced it. Yeah, right. I, I don't think I would have the data to be able to do that myself. Mm. I think that would be outsourcing to an agency that would mm. do that for you, mm. right? Mm. That would say, this is the performance that we saw last month based on this performance. This is what our, you know, mm. our next month would look like. And this is what we would hope to see as a result of the changes that we're going to make. Mm. So there's that. Mm. Um, we're looking at uh, bringing in a different service. Well, not a different service, but a, an addition um, to something that we're already doing, just making it more more known that we are doing neurological rehab. Uh, so I got it to write drafts of landing pages. I got it to write SEO content. Uh, I got it to write a newsletter that we could send to our support coordinators, a newsletter that we could send to our clients, a newsletter that we could send to our old clients, mm. uh, some Facebook just organic content ideas. Um, that we could create some content around and put that out um, so that we can get more eyeballs on what it is that we're doing. Mm. Um, we another, another use case for it is like there, there are some questions that you kind of get thrown as a, as a business coach that sometimes you just, you need a bit of uh, inspiration <laughs> to... Uh, to give a good answer to um, one that I had recently was, you know, what are some um, tax effective ways to use profit within a business that is not going to tie money up so that you can't get access to it? Mm. Put that in chat, GPT, so what comes out. Like well, it's, I, it's an interesting, yeah. it's an interesting thing, right? And and so previously, like to your question before, previously, and I'm certainly not saying don't you don't use this as verbatim, but you know that's a financial planner and a mm. and a accountant that mm. would potentially be the ones that are giving you these mm. these pieces of advice, and you should definitely do that if you're thinking of you know this investing is not financial in profit. Advice. Absolutely not. But it does give you a bit of an understanding of, mm. of what the options are. Mm. So you can form a bit of a baseline of, mm. okay, well, I'm going to strike out two of those things and I'm going to spend a bit more time on the third one there and do a bit more research on that and then go to my accountant and say, hey, like I've thought about this thing. I've done a bit of research on it. What do you think? There's definitely that? there's definitely two ways you could think about this sort of area where it's like, well, you're, you're just cutting away from the opportunity for you learning or talking to someone about it uh, and then actually uh, absorbing the information yourself. So it's going to make you less smart or it's going to discourage you from learning things yourself. Or you can look at it as having all the information you need to learn at your fingertips and you can ask specific questions and ask for it to be summarized in different ways in different amounts of words uh, aimed at different learning levels, you can ask GPT to do that for you so that you can learn it more effectively so that then when you do go and have a conversation with your planner or your accountant, you can have a better conversation about it because you're more informed. 
So you can either inform yourself better about it mm. or you can see that as letting it take away your learning. Do you, do you feel like you can see AI taking away from your learning more or helping you become more informed and learning more efficiently? Oh, definitely more informed. Hmm. Uh, I, I think we, we had a conversation today about how we could potentially use AI, just brainstorming different ways that we might be able to include it. And I think the, the rapidness with which this information comes through and, and the fact that it is literally just there, um, you know, like you said before, it shouldn't just be like a, a verbatim, you know, you put a question in, it gives you an answer and that's what you do. But I think it should really form part of the decision-making process because it does help you understand what some things outside of your eyeballs, mm. your vision, and be able to include them in a better decision-making. Yeah. How else would you learn that information mm. if, if not uh, through a, a, a software like this? Mm. Would it be Googling it? Mm. And how I view a lot of these kind of questions now is Googling is just a very inefficient way of getting the answers that you want. Well, th so this, I, I feel, is part of the rebuttal to the AI conversation, right? Is um, I'm not going to use AI because I don't trust the, the information that it's mm. going to spit out to me. Mm. You have the same problem with Google, mm. right? Like Absolutely. just because you, you read it on a, on a web page... Mm doesn't mean that that information is reliable. It's still crowdsourced, <laughs> basically. It's right? still SEO'd, right? Yeah. What, like the, the yeah. most, um, the, the, the result that the algorithm picks as the most mm. relevant is the one that you see mm. first. That doesn't really change too much. Yeah, I mean, this, it's the same argument that if you're taking what you read on Google or on the internet as Bible, well, you're the one that should filter your information better. So I look at it the same way with AI, that if I get some information from GPT, not to take it as Bible, but to put it through my filter as a human and decide what is good quality evidence or information and what is not mm. good quality information. Mm. But it, it makes the actual searching process so much easier. Mm. So if we're just using it from a basic function of searching to find information it is a way better way of collating the information that you want because you can ask a specific question, you can ask, you can give it different uh, actions of how you would like the information presented. You can ask it to write it as a blog, as an essay, listing points, just summarizing it. You can aim the information at different learning levels. Mm. So, uh, you know, give me information about this topic uh, directed towards a 10-year-old learning level. Mm. It's like, great, now I'll really understand it. Yeah. And if I don't, well, then I must have a learning age of less than 10, <laughs> which is embarrassing. And I think that's, that's also a point that you made today, which was really, really useful for me, was the, the context that you give chat GPT goes a long way to the intricacy level that yeah. the response comes out. Yeah. Which is a learning, it's a learning uh, software, right? Like the more information you give it, the more accurate and the more specific the, the output will be. 
So what I've experimented with recently is if I tell it about uh, my business and then I tell it about my target audience, I tell it about uh, the, the content or the, uh, the product or the service that I'm selling and then I tell it what my brand voice is, like how I want the information to be delivered and then I ask it to produce things, it comes out way more specific at, to what I want. Because how is it supposed to know how you want the information to come out? And if you're just blindfolded shooting questions in the dark, it's blindfolded shooting answers in the dark as well because mm. it has no idea what you want. So it's really cool that the more information you give it about uh, what you want it to produce, the better the information is. So more specific, the better. That's what mm. I find. So looking forward, something that you're not doing now and you're thinking, well, I wonder in 6, 12 months, what could be another way that in healthcare specifically, we might be able to use it? Mm. And we don't necessarily have to go into the details, but what are some areas that may change? Well, you know, we, we have OTs as part of our business, but I, don't, I actually don't think this comment specifically relates to them, but I'm using it because it, it kind of yeah, comes to mind. You. Because, yeah. you know, you look at their, our OT's caseload and a lot of it is report writing. Which take, you know, can take three to six hours. Per report, yeah. right? Um, which is necessary, mm. right? Because the... The powers that be, whether it's aged care or NDIS or DBA or mm. whatever, mm. they require us to do reports uh, for for all sorts of things. Now, my perspective, and I think we we touched on this today as well, is that wouldn't it be great if instead of having to spend six hours writing a report, we could spend one hour and reallocate the time to more face to face therapy. Mm. For that person mm. i think that's a bit of a win-win for everyone right it's like a restructuring of funding right yeah especially exactly. if the reports are just designed to get more funding if the reports are designed to get more funding if the reports are designed to get a piece of assistive technology that mm. is readily available yeah for anyone and the information literally just has to be written down in a certain format for that person to get that piece of technology or equipment mm. Oh shit! Like, wouldn't everyone be happier if the information was just written down? Mm. Makes a lot more sense in twelve months' time if our our team was able to spend more of their time working with people rather than report writing in front of a computer. Which, were, like, as EPs and as healthcare professionals. We're not naturally great typers anyway. It's like, <laughs> I suck at focusing in front of a computer. Like I might have an hour or two uh, in front of a laptop and holy shit, if I had to do that all day, I would be the least happy, least productive human in the world. And I have so much more respect for people who sit in front of a computer all day and are productive because my brain does not work like that mm. at all. And I feel like for a lot of healthcare professionals, they, they may align with me there as well, where our brains are uh, you know, more set to a time frame of 30 minutes to an hour, or maybe even 15 minutes to an hour, depending on what you do for a living. Um, 
of talking to people and then talking to a new person and talking to a new person and talking to a new person, mm. not sitting in front of a document for, for, for two to four hours. Mm. That's just not how my brain works. Mm. It never has. <laughs> um, so I hope in my future there is not more of that coming mm. because I, I'd get worse at my job. Mm. Let's pause there. And Andrew, having a look at the two next beers. Mm, we've got a, a black IPA and a pale ale. Actually, how is the rest of that beer for you? Yeah, I, I didn't feel the biscuity tones. No. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Uh, Bit of flair with the, with the shake and the pour, mm, mm. which was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It'd be interesting doing that with every beer you drank yeah. in a night. Imagine having like a, a six pack of those and going, oh, I want another beer. Let go. me shake it up and, and pour it out. Yeah, yeah. here, here we, we go. go. It's like winning an F1 race every oh, time. Yeah. Woo, shake the champagne. But no, that was very good. I enjoyed that one. Um, we'll what do you want to try? We'll go the Black Diamond. We'll Whoa, go the, uh, the black. black. That's such a nice thing to do, isn't black it? Black IPA. So... Andrew's opened up a, a black tinny from Bright Brewing. I, I like I like the um oh yeah, careful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the um the can. Yeah, the can is is all black with, with white and silver writing, but it's also added a a black cap to the top as well. So you're pouring mm. out of the black can. Very stealthy. It is uh, black 1. aluminium. One point seven standard drinks. Well that's more like us, isn't it? <laughs> We like the IPAs. Here we go. Here we go. So let's let's have a seat. Let's see what this IPA is like. Yeah, it's stronger. <laughs> it tastes more like beer. It does. Oh, that's stronger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there she oh, is. Oh, yeah, there she is. Yep. I look, and this goes on the same route as we've been recently, but I really enjoy it. Mm. I'm loving the IPAs lately. Yeah, um, it says on. I'm reading the back of the can here. Mm. A firm bitterness. Yeah, like I, I feel that. Mm. I feel the firmness of a the bitterness. Firm bitter handshake yeah. with my mouth. Mm. Love that. Very mm. good. Mm. Very good. Black Diamond. I mean, very good. Bright Brewery. Mm. This is a mountain, uh, a beer from the mountains, apparently. Uh, in Bright, there you go. So I think Bright is in the Victorian Alps. Um, where there's snow, apparently. But Sometimes. cheers to them. Yeah, that's absolutely. fucking great. Well done. Well done. Mm. So we've we've talked a bit about ChatGPT so far. Yeah, but there are others. There are others, and this is something I had very little idea about until I started getting Instagram ads. <laughs> that's the way. And Instagram ads have opened my eyes to other AI services, and then also there's like plugins into. GPT-4 that you can get as well. Some of them paid, some of them free. I think that's the cool thing about a lot of these AI services. A lot of them have free versions of it at the moment because you know, most of them haven't been out for more than 12 months. Mm. Most of them are very new and they've, they're in a beta or a, um, still like a getting feedback from the community kind of section and there's decently useful free versions of things that most people get away with using those and have a lot of effectiveness mm. the ones i've noticed most recently um or the, the one that first caught my eye on instagram was one called creative ai 
And I've now heard that there are a bunch of other ones that do this similar sort of thing. But it's basically like Canva and social media template and post making, but it's all automated. So the way this one works is you put in some stock photos or you put in some photos that you've taken. Then you set your brand colors and your brand name and maybe a couple words or uh, trigger, you know, trigger words, keywords that you want included in posts. And then you go generate and it just generates a bunch of different posts in your brand colors, different size photos, different size writing, different fonts, uh, different shapes and circles and things like that. It basically produces, you know, 30 to 50 bits of original content that you can post Mm. and then it'll shape it onto the different uh, social medias and places that you might use it and then bang, go. Post, use, as you will. Awesome. Which, like, for someone like me who hates Canva, but more so because I suck at it. Not because I hate the idea of it. I love the idea of Canva and I have a lot of respect for people who can use it really, really well because I find that incredibly impressive that you can think of a design and then create it. Mm. That would take me days. Mm. Uh, but this thing, just you just press generate and it just does it for you. Mm. Which for a, for a person without a lot of creative visual uh, software design skills, oh, amazing. So, so useful. Would so save good. people so much time if Canva is something that they don't like to use. Mm. What, what's one that you've noticed or found recently? I just started mm. using selectively, um, started using one called Rewind, mm. um, which is something that will... You can either screen record or audio record in the background of like a Zoom meeting, for example. So after that Zoom meeting is finished, you can then grab the transcript and create a, or the AI will create a summary. So we do a meeting and instead of me having to take notes during that meeting, it will do it for you. And I can then just copy and paste them into the notes. Amazing. So useful. Perfect for taking minutes and that sort of thing, right? Perfect for taking minutes. Can you see that? Do you reckon there's like an ethical dilemma of using that for treatment notes or initial consultation notes? No way. I think you, you need consent, obviously, mm. to, to record content. Uh, you should obviously review because you you have a responsibility to make sure that your notes are a true reflection of what's transpired during the consultation. But so long as you've done that, mm. why not? Mm. Like review, don't just copy and paste them, like review them, make mm. sure they're right mm. and then bring them over. Mm. How is that any different to the outcome of you just sitting there and typing for 15 minutes? I can imagine playing devil's advocate here that people would go... Well, now you've got a artificial intelligence listening to my conversations and tracking my data and that sort of thing. Do you have a phone? Yes. It's it's happening already. Yeah, right. How do you think? <laughs> how do you think personalized ads come up? Right. How, how do you think those uh, those ads for AI <laughs> came up? Right. If that wasn't magic, that that was because they're listening. <laughs> right? Oh dear. Uh, but but seriously, like, yeah, I I think that's something. 
if you are if you are concerned, then you should put proper you know safeguards in place to make sure that the data is being stored in in an appropriate place and uh, that there is if you're talking about personal information that again like it's it's stored appropriately. Um, but I mean, there was a time when we didn't have like I am. I am old now because I have the the grayness yeah, in the, the gray hairs, in yeah. the beard, right? Um, when I first started, practice management software wasn't a thing, right? So we kept our treatment notes in a Word document. I'm sorry, on what? a, I know, right? Can you believe that? No. So we we would keep our treatment notes in in either either um, a Word document on our computer or oh. preceding that, oh. handwritten in a folder, right? Oh. Now. Again, because oh. I'm, I'm a bit older, I remember going to the doctor and mm. the doctor would write shit down mm. on a thing and mm. it would sit in the, in the filing in cabinet. In folder, yeah. Right? So... Oh, my goodness. Th- this is... That wasn't even that long ago, was it? No, it wasn't. That makes me feel <laughs> not as shit. Thank you for that. No, I remember bits and pieces of that as well. <laughs> but, but it's just an evolution. Like that's, that's the point of my comment. It's just an evolution of the way that we, yeah. we keep trading notes. Now, I, I don't know if this is still true, but at one point, somebody somewhere quoted the fact that, you know, the average GP consult time was eight minutes, mm. right? Mm. And I don't know about you, but the last time that I went to see my GP, they probably spent eight minutes with me mm. and three to four minutes typing their yeah. treatment notes. Yeah. Now, I would, as a patient, I would much prefer them to have a conversation with me, have a thing recording in the background so that they could spend more time talking to me about what the fuck I was there for. Fuck, that is so true, hey. Now, you've just kind of brought to front of mind every GP consult I've ever had where I'm talking to the side of their head because they're typing, because they have to record everything. And I've just accepted that that's how it is. But yeah, imagine having a doctor's 100% attention. <sighs> right? So, so I appreciate that, that information should be stored appropriately. But provided you're doing that, I think it's, it's a value add mm. to the, the patient and to the, mm. the clinician. It definitely brings up the the win-win scenario, right? Which you refer to a lot with what we do, which is trying to make any changes or situations uh, a win for both parties. How would you? How would you just wait? Is that is that how you describe that? Like a win-win scenario? Yeah, hmm. win-win-win. So win for the business, win for the practitioner, win for the client. Three wins. Three wins. Got to be go. three wins. So you're involved in every win. Got to be. Gotta like, be it's got to be a win for you. <laughs> <laughs> Why else are we here? <laughs> what do you think this podcast is for? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a win for everyone. It's a win for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I can imagine there would be a bunch of win-wins or win-win-wins if we're going to include you in it. Um, with using AI in in what we do every day. I perhaps like you, I don't want to be the one that's left behind. Yeah. I am I am assuming that this is going to be included. Like you think you think ten years from now, mm. like how, how could it not be included? Mm. Right? I don't want to be the one that's playing catch up. 
for the next 10 years. How could this possibly stop getting bigger? Like how could... Well, that, that's, that's what I mean, right? Like there's mm. no way that this is going to uh, become less useful. Mm. Even if it stayed... The technology stayed exactly where it was right now. Say we, we only had ChatGPT and what it could do right now and nothing improved, it would still be a huge game changer for every business because of what it can already do. And that's just on the free version. If you add in GPT-4 and the like spreadsheet analysis tools mm. and, and the plugins and stuff that you can put into that for 20 US dollars a month or whatever it is, like you're, you're already cutting out all of this extra cost and time mm. to the business owners and like so many people in the team who are like, oh, these grindy tasks that no one enjoys. Um, now all that time is freed up to do more higher level thinking, higher level, more valuable tasks, which is great. Mm. Right? That's a win-win mm. right there. So, and that's, and that's without the technology improving anymore. But it is improving. I had not heard of ChatGPT this time last year, I don't think. Mm. And we're already up to 4.0. And every time, or every three to six months, there's new things added to it. There's new um, other AI services popping up that can do better and better things, which is incredible. Mm. It's amazing. I saw one which was pretty pretty wild. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but it was, a, it was a video creation mm. uh, AI where you could take a photo of a person, uh, say it would take a photo of you, and then you could put your photo into this uh, software and the software could then animate your face <laughs> to then say a script of what oh, you wow. wanted. You could then get it to imitate your voice by saying, you know, a certain amount of words recorded into it. And then uh, the more words you say into it, the better it could imitate your voice. And so then you have created this entirely digital Andrew that can speak like you, that would say whatever you wanted him to and, and look like you speaking. Wow. So essentially make a deep fake of you <clears throat> so Excellent. that you would be able to have it record all of your visual video content without you actually having to do anything other than type the script of what you wanted into it. How good would that be? That would, that would be... Uh... I don't know how I feel about it. Well, see, there, <laughs> so there's the thing, right? Yeah. So now we're going back into that camp of, ooh, ooh, I'm a little scared of that. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. And I think we're just going to keep getting to those mm. points where we go, oh, fuck, it can do that. Mm. I don't know how I feel about it. Mm. And then a certain amount of time will pass and it will become normal and common enough that you go, well, everyone else is doing it, so I have to do it. Mm. And if you don't, well, maybe you fall behind. And now no one else is still sitting there recording video content um, or wasting time trying to get their lines right over and over. Mm. 
uh, because you can just get a AI to do it for you. And you know, you can either take that software or you don't, but I, it's not going anywhere. Mm. People want it. It's only going to get better. Do you think you can, you get to a point where you go, I'm okay with a, with a digital Andrew speaking? Well, I, I think you would, right? I think it's just an exposure thing. Like you see it, you go, oh, that's not as bad as I thought it was. Okay. It can produce my TikTok videos or yeah. the, what, whatever social media platform is. Do you have a TikTok? No, I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever platform is existing in, in three to five years time, it can do the shit for that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, I mean, it's only going to keep happening. It's only going to keep changing. And the, the guy I was listening to talk about this was like, in nine months' time, he thinks that everyone will be able to have a convincing deep fake of themselves speak. Wow. Scripts. That's pretty wild. Mm. It's, it's progressing so fast because it is worth unlimited money to people mm. and businesses like unlimited for the people who are making the technology but also but more so for the people who are using it because it's streamlining and automating so many tasks so many tasks so i mean it to, to me it's kind of a line in the sand that you're either going to be swallowed up by it and you won't have a job mm. or you learn how to harness it and use it. And that's very, it's, it's very much an ultimatum, I think. It, in, but, it, but in my mind, it is an ultimatum mm. that you, you can't really afford to, to wait and see what happens because it may be too late. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Oh, I see even in my own role, right? I see huge opportunities for it to, to take considerable manual processes and automate them straight away. And and I think you're right. I think it's you know, if people are waiting to see, right? Um like it took me all of ten minutes to do some social media analysis of my Facebook ads, if I've outsourced my Google whatever, if I've outsourced my digital marketing to an agency and they're not including this in what they're doing, then what the fuck are they doing? Mm. Um, if people aren't utilizing this in their practices right now, as a consumer, I'm going to choose to work with businesses that are because why wouldn't you? Mm. It's, it's there. In digital marketing. Oh, in, in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I think definitely health, in I mean, healthcare, right? Well, I don't know if we're at that point yet though, right? <sighs> well, how, what does it need to, to be until we're there? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because if, if, you, have a, if you have a software that's able to access all of the information ever recorded mm. and you plonk your systems, your... You, 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 your reports, your, mm. you know, I went and had my blood test and this is what it says mm. and these are my symptoms mm. and it spits something out. Mm. <clears throat> I heard this one recently, actually. Um, they, <clears throat> they, they got exams from a, 
uh, like a medicine course, uh, like the final exams in whatever the medicine courses are in the US and fed the questions into the into GBT4, like 99%, mm. smashed it. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, how good is it? So they got a cluster of symptoms from case studies. So actual case studies that were really complex ones that took a long, like people a long time to work out and put them into GPT-4. And it, like with reasonable, like very, very good accuracy was able to diagnose medical conditions mm. and what the cause was and like what the prognosis would be and, and like what the treatment options were but immediately, you know, mm. just by knowing what the symptoms and the presentation was, where you you may need, uh, well, who knows? Who, who knows? Like, why would you, we not use that? Why would we not use it? Why that? would you not use it? Yeah. That's a good question. Mm. Or why would you not at least be open to the opportunity or the open to the to the idea that it may be important for you or it may be useful for you as well? Mm. And if the answer is that because you're in one of those two camps that I'd rather bury my head in the sand, I don't want to know about it, or because I'm fearful of what it could become, I mean, I think those are those are the fair things to to feel. I think that's very it's very emotional kind of uh, reaction, which I think makes sense yeah. to something so uh, so powerful, but. I, I don't I feel like you can't be in that camp for too long. I feel like it's you know the the people who are going to be curious about it are gonna take a huge advantage. Mm. Huge advantage. Mm. And there are some industries where it's like obviously clear, like marketing and digital marketing mm. and any data analysis stuff. Oh god. Like yeah. it's I mean, human data analysis has gotta be like mm. dying soon. Yeah, exactly. Like it's all about how can you use AI to analyze the data and then harness that. Like mm. <laughs> the, the the jobs where it's just like um, just input and data and typing and that kind of stuff that's just transferring things that can be done already mm. for free. Which is, yeah, I mean... How long before that happens to parts of our job? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't. I don't think we have an answer. What do you think to that? To to finish on here, what do you think are the limitations of it in health? Things that it will never. You can you cannot see it ever replacing. Or things that will not ever really take over. Oh, it's a tough question. Hmm. Part of me wants to say nothing. Mm. It can replace everything. Mm. Um, it can do a it can do a program for you. Mm. It can understand your personality type and provide you with a motivation at the right level at the right time to make you adhere to the program that it built mm. for you. It can take your symptoms mm. and and build a program mm. for you. It can write a report for your GP. Mm. Um, 
it can integrate with your Apple Watch or your mm. Whoop or whatever mm. to give you prompts to do the work. Um, it can tie in intrinsic and extrinsic motivations by you know dangling the carrot in front of you, <laughs> right? Uh, part of me says it can take, it can do everything. Part of me says that there is there is a part of the population that will always crave a human connection, mm. uh, and that's why I haven't shut the doors and investing everything I have into this is because I believe that part of the population will always want to sit down in a room with someone and have a conversation and want a a handheld approach to them improving their health but i think it's it's got to change the the way that we do parts of our roles absolutely the the thing like i see that it won't be able to replace is that it's the interpersonal skills and the value of someone talking to another human and that human listening to them, having empathy, and then being able to help coach that person through their individual situation. Mm. I, I feel like that, that clinician can harness AI to help with the basic parts of their jobs, like programming, like scheduling, <laughs> note-taking, mm. um, you know, perhaps some ideas around... Uh, ways that they could help diagnose this person's problems. But that's not where I feel like the most valuable parts of our job are. And I don't think a good clinician has those as their main skills. I don't think programming and scheduling and note-taking and report writing should be in the top, should be the top skills of a good clinician. They should be a general foundation. Mm. And if and this comes back to a, a, another topic that maybe we discuss another time, but it comes back to like templated programming. But if, if the way that you do things is just templating programs for people and that is the, the bulk of what your role is, the, the way that you help people is giving them a prescribing a templated program then like, why do you have humans? Mm. What are the humans for? It's like, you don't need them anymore. Mm. It's like, you can have a, you can have people type um, their symptoms into a search bar and then output an exercise program for them and say, see you later. Like what? Well, why are you, why are you paying EPs? Why, why are you paying that amount of money for, for, for staff members mm. if they're just going to be following a program that you know at at most an AHA an allied health assistant can do a student so you'd end up with like one supervisor and a team of students who you may or may not be paying <laughs> to to walk through your templated programs because mm. AI can do that mm. AI can make fucking wonderful programs mm. I one of our EPs Joe she's a um, she's a single skull rower and I got to write her a 12-week uh, rowing program leading up to a 2K time trial event. And she looked at it and went, Whew, it's like better than the program my coach wrote me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was with no problem. That was yeah. literally just a one-sentence 
uh, input. So like the, what I think people should take from that little rant that I just had is the things that you should be focusing on skill-wise should not be programming, should not be those lower level tasks that are going to be able, that you'll be able to get assisted with AI. You should be focusing on your interpersonal skills, your communication, your ability to read people. You should be able to sit down with someone, look at them, listen to them, and then read, read them, yeah. read their emotions, read what they really want, and, and read from them and understand and ask the right questions to understand how you can motivate them and help them go through behavior change. Mm. Because they could do the same thing. Exactly. They, could, they know that they could get on ChatGPT and they can fucking do it now, right? They could get on there and have some person mm. write them a program. Yeah. And right? if you're going to say that, well, no, most of my clients don't know how to use GPT. Bullshit. Yeah, it was like, well, most of your clients didn't know how to use Google or a phone mm. 20 years ago. I bet they know how to Google something now. Mm. How did they find your clinic? They didn't <laughs> use a street directory, did they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Whereas when reference. I was a kid, I remember sitting in the passenger seat and mum going, can you look up how to get to this place? And I go to the front page of the street directory and I go, oh, yep, that's in box E6. Mm. And I go to page 165 and then I look down the page, it's like, yep, H3, that box there. And then mum would go, all right, find the biggest yellow road in the area. And mm. I go, oh, it's, um, it's Monavelle Road. And it's like, okay, cool. And, and what are the suburbs or the streets around it? It's like, oh, well, it's... It's Pitwater Road and, and it's uh, and it's Pacific Highway. It's like, all right, cool. So And then mum would use her brain. <laughs> Fuck. She'd use her brain Fuck that. To, to work out how to get to this fucking place oh. with a bloody six-year-old giving her directions from a street, from a book. <laughs> Imagine trying to get anywhere like that now. Imagine someone under the age of like 30 trying to use a street directory oh. to get anywhere. No. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe that was in my lifetime. <laughs> You're so old. I'm so old. Now I use Google Maps. I look oh. at people who use Apple Maps and go, what are you doing? You plebs. You, you absolute <laughs> plebs using Apple oh. Maps. Oh, dear. How was that beer? That was good. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Yeah. The IPA. Mm. But a black IPA, where we're onto the dark things mm. now. Mm. Maybe it's time we try another stout. Mm. You ready yeah. for another stout? We can do another stout. All right. Next episode incoming will be another stout. Excellent. If you have any ideas for episodes that you'd like us to talk about, we love drinking and <laughs> we love talking about topics. So if you want to hear our honest opinions, because trust me, this is not pre-prepared <laughs> I think we prepared for this walking into this room we decided to talk about this today mm. uh, and in the next two weeks we'll decide on our next topic so if you slide into the DMs uh, or you know post us beers like Sarah did you you can decide what we talk about very good how good would that be so good uh, but yeah we'll see you in two weeks goodbye goodbye <laughs>